and welcome one, welcome all to another, it's an overdue edition of the Geek Alert. But we've been, um, we've been napping a lot, I know I have. Um, and I am, of course, John, and I am joined by the inexorable baron of B-movies, the king of gnomes, the Rick Grimes lookalike, <laughs> running out of nicknames. But it's Scotty! My beard still looks better than Rick Grimes, but, you know. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess now you're going to have to cosplay old man Grimes after that Walking Dead season 8 trailer. Get a little more gray on your hair. Get it all epic. I already have epic. Enough. I don't want any more gray hair. We're getting it, dude. This is, uh, we're getting old. I guess that's the other lesson today's. <clears throat> On the other side of 30, yeah. It's yeah. never a good thing. I guess we'll have to start calling this podcast soon, Two Old Dudes Yelling at a Cloud. Because <laughs> that's what we are soon. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> These damn kids and their, their Dan Fogelberg and Pac-Man video games. Um, there we're starting off, we're starting off strong again. That's good. That's good. Well, it's been a while since we sat down to chat. Um, and I thought today it'd be fun if we talked about some current pop culture events in that uh, streaming services are kind of in an interesting place right now. Um, obviously, some are doing very strong things, like you've got Hulu that has all kinds of Emmy nominations for the outstanding Handmaid's Tale, which was just an amazing piece of television. Um, Amazon's kind of gone quiet. I haven't seen anything new out of them in a while. No, but, but they've been, they quietly come out with their movies, and they go in theaters for six months, and then they'll finally show up on Prime, so we can watch them. I'm just surprised they wouldn't advertise that more. You'd think that they'd Want to make a point of that, but I guess I don't not. think they need to on the movies. I mean, they've got their series as well. They've got five or six, and the tick is coming out. In a couple the tick months, is going to be awesome. That is which true. Is going to be great. Yeah, so. spoon is going to be a good thing. Um, but I think we're going to talk a lot today about um, kind of the state of the affairs of Netflix because it recently came out, reports wise, that they lost twenty billion dollars in the last quarter. I believe I might be wrong on that, but either way, twenty billion dollars. That's I guess the time frame is less unimportant than the fact that it lost $20 billion and that they're planning on sinking in another $6 billion this year. And it seems that no one is concerned, but I know someone sitting on the couch with me today is concerned about Netflix's health because you've had, um, you've had quite a bit to say about them. Have I, though? Yeah, you have. Huh, interesting. Yeah, you have. I think that. maybe it's because they were going on the uh, television cancel spree like Fox. Well, Fox always does that. I don't, I th- <laughs> I don't think... I think if you get a TV show greenlit at Fox, it's like, cool, going to be a great half year. Um, <laughs> and then maybe, episodes. maybe a whole year, maybe <laughs> 10 episodes. I don't know. It's, it's the, it's the crapshoot. You, you got the show greenlit and then who knows what happens from there. Um, that's just Fox's style. I don't know why they cancel things like they do, but yeah, they, they did. They, uh, they canceled Sense8, much to the chagrin of many, many fans. Um, we also, of course, gave the axe to... What else was on the axe? I'm, Sense8's one that sticks out in my mind the most because... Well, Sense8's the one that caused the biggest stir on everybody. Um, the biggest one that I actually found out today was Girl Boss, which just got released last week. That's right. That did. Um, last week or recently? I forget. Was it last week? Or they maybe, keep turned, well, maybe two or three weeks. Either way, yeah. It's, it's a new one. That's the mm-hmm. important thing. Um, yeah, and that was also another critically acclaimed mm-hmm. one. I remember the other one... Um, Oh, actually, I don't remember the other one. I wouldn't go home. Uh, but there was a third one that was also at the time of Sense8. I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but it was another. As I recall, I think it was Baz Luhrmann's involvement. It cost a boatload of money to produce. If I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right, since you had The your, Get Down. The Get Down, that's the one. Okay. And that, that was the one there, too. Yeah. That cost $120 million to make two episodes. Oh, well, that would only, I guess it's a drop in a bucket in $20 billion, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're concerned, obviously. They're, 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 even though they're investing $6 billion this year, and new projects, there is clearly some concerns on Netflix's shoulders, and I, don't know, I guess it's really a good time to talk about Netflix as a whole, because um, there's good and there's bad. The TV tends to be better than the movies, um, by a large margin, but I don't know, what do you, 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 you set a point like yourself, you think Netflix might be in trouble. 
why do I think Netflix is in trouble? Well, A, they're down $20 billion, which seems like impossible to do when you're bringing in $12 billion a year. But for some unknown reason, they just keep dropping money and dropping money on every single property they can get their hands on. And that's just not smart business, especially when you're giving Adam Sandler eight freaking movie deal, eight, or whatever I'm trying to say. I think eight is correct, yeah. Eight sounds about right. Yeah, I think but, it's been 40 total for him. Uh, but whatever it's been a crap project. that he's bringing out that can't make it in a theater is, of course, going to make it on Netflix. And it, I don't know where their mind is at when it comes to this, because I don't think anybody there actually watches the movies that they try to produce. Um. You know, and that's the funny thing about Netflix is no one, no one quite knows the process. Um, I mean, the process in, in, in studio is very simple. It, it's going to go through, it's going to go through a producer who will in turn take it to a committee, and then they will in turn decide to greenlight the project or not if they can see a profitability margin coming out of it. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm not sure exactly who is who is firing off the green lights, who is doing all the approvals to make this happen. Um, but yeah, and, and the interesting part you mentioned on that with with Sandler was uh, Sony was looking at the four that first came through. Mm-hmm. And Sony was uncertain if they wanted to spend any money on it whatsoever, or if they were going to give him the 20 he wanted. And then, yeah, as I recall it, it was a big deal because they just said, here's 20 million. He told Sony, taking it to Netflix and bolted, and that was that. Um, and the ridiculous six later, unfortunately, here we are with another four-picture deal that had the ridiculous... Oh, that movie's bad. Um, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. Jeez. Well, and then you wonder why he got re-signed for another set of pictures to come out, and they said that there was over 800,000 hours of Adam Sandler movies watched, making him the most popular person on Netflix. Well, see, and that makes me wonder, one particular thing is, again, since Netflix, Netflix is hyper-secretive about their stats, like, they don't talk mm-hmm. about anything, whereas television, and even out of the studios, are very open and clean, like, they, they the studio will tell you point blank, here's how much money per theater the, the film made, and, and... That's weird math as it is. It's based on, I mean, some people, if they do 1400 a screen for a week, they're happy about it. However, if it's only in, if it's in 2500 you know, theaters, that tends to be on the lower side or the higher side. It's basically, if you have, like, one theater and it makes 1400 a week, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do it in, you know, the entire nation, that might not be so good. Um, fuzzy on the whole Hollywood math, too, for that matter, because they make it very interesting in their own right. But they'll tell you point blank, hey, it made X dollars over the weekend. Yeah. And... Here's what we're projecting it's going to make, and they're usually pretty spot on as to where it's going to go. Um, not so much as whether or not it's a hit, like Valerian or unfortunately Dark Tower this weekend, which you know did twenty million um, or in its first weekend. But yeah, we don't know. So is, is Netflix counting it on just the button count? Like if you hit play, does that count as a two-hour watch, um, or do you actually have to watch the whole thing or stream? Exactly. The whole so that's what I'm curious about because yeah. YouTube point blank will tell you how many minutes are the average watch, um, mm-hmm. which gives you a clue as to where. Your content should be lower, like longer or shorter, depending on that. So I don't know if that's the case. If yeah, if you just hit play, because I mean, I only made it forty minutes into ridiculous six, and then I was like, "Well, <laughs> the shining's on there. Cool, I'll go watch that instead." And I did get a full two-hour count in case Netflix is wondering, <laughs> because that's a way better movie. Um, but yes, we don't know what the math is for that part of it. So that's a that's cool. But I don't know. I I really questioned it. Really, people really watch that much Adam Sandler. I mean, I love them when his early movies were out, but lately, eh. well, especially the ones on Netflix, they're coming out really weak. I mean, they're making Pixels look like an Emmy-worthy movie. I, I, I have no idea what happened to the funny for Adam Sandler. That's a different rant for a different day. Yes, yes, it is. I, Adam or 
Sandy Wexler, whatever the last one that came out, that would be had it. some decent moments, and it, it actually made me giggle a little bit, but it's still not to the how Waterboy or Little Nicky. I mean, those movies were classic. Which is funny, because a lot of folks consider Little Nicky to be some of the worst of his early era filmmaking. Um, no joke. I, I disagree I disagree with them. I think Little Nicky was hilarious, too, because Popeye's Chicken is the shiznet. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of folks that did not like Little Nicky at all. Well, maybe if they look back now after seeing what's come out recently, they'll change their tunes. I guess that's true. If you want to compare Sandy Wexler to Little Nicky, Little Nicky is the Citizen Kane of the Adam Sandler movies. So I guess that's a plus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you said point blank. So I guess, yeah, do you, do you think that, that there's serious trouble on the horizon for Netflix? If they don't turn off the spending spigot, um, I think they're going to end up going away pretty quickly. I mean, their movie count is down, at this point, this year, about 20% from where it was last year. Uh, the only reason I'm taking notice of this is because a majority of those movies are horror movies that I like to watch. And now that there's only about 60 horror titles on there, I have to turn to a different service to go watch them. So I've been yeah. watching a lot more Amazon Prime because they have almost everything under the sun that I want to watch. Prime does have a pretty vast um, selection of horror films, mm -hmm. including, the oddly enough, the uh, the surprising amount of, I don't want to call them necessarily fan films, but the very, I mean, I guess you could say as indie as it gets, yeah, the, you know, on iPhone and, and Weekend. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a lot of baby zombie flicks like that, or eight minutes or so. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's good for them because, well, at least the film filmmakers are getting their names out there and able to kind of control what's getting clicked on and what's not. I mean, Prime did go through and censor some of the content that was on there. So some stuff that was either too gory or too sexual. Uh, you had to go through, you had to edit those parts of your film, re-upload it to them, and they'll keep it on there for you, or they'll have to go take it somewhere else, and that's where trauma streaming service was born. Oh, okay. Because Lloyd Kaufman caught wind of that real quickly, and voila, he's got his own streaming service. That's actually amazing. I didn't know that was out there, and now I need to go see what a subscription for that will cost me, because <laughs> you can't go wrong with any toxic adventure ever. Or well, all of it. I mean, let's or just be honest, they're fun. pro wrestlers versus zombies, or any of the trauma films. Yeah. Trauma well, maybe films. you'll get that in season two of Glow on Ooh. Netflix. You'll get Glow Girls Go Up Against Zombies. Lucky. No, there's actually a movie called Pro Wrestlers for Zombies on Amazon Prime. Oh. Which percent is Glow Season 2? Which is that? Oh, good. Um, wow, okay. Well, that's it. I, I didn't even know that part of it. But um, I've always been intrigued by Netflix's, uh, I don't want to call it inability to properly screen what's coming into it. But I mean, I've noticed too that with, with, after you pointed out a couple of the horror films like uh, The Ever Boring I Am the Thing That Lives in the House, which was, I want to say, 80% staring. <laughs> And twenty percent staring around the corner because that's what I got every time I stopped. I, I, I watched them. Like, they're looking around the corner of the room again, mm -hmm. or they're hiding behind a door jam. And the ghost walks backwards. I don't even remember the ghost <laughs> because all I remember are those stairs and those musical stings. Um, that's what that happened there. But I guess what amazes me is I don't understand how you can a how you can. I, I guess I can deal with big spending on TV. That happens a lot. The Walking Dead makes three million an episode, or is roughly two and a half to three million per episode spent, which is a lot of money for a 16-episode season. And it's, it's actually four to six million now. 
46 million now. Okay. 426. 426. Okay. So they put the money back in then. Yeah. I know there's a big fight about that in season two and three, so good mm-hmm. to know that they're pouring some cash back into to Walking Dead. Um, but I can get that because hey, it's about zombies and you can't you can't do that on the cheap. Yeah, you can't skimp for any kind of blood or no, nuts or anything not that's going to be coming out for the zombies, even though that's kind of the secondary story now. It, it's getting there. I mean, it's, it's all out of war for season eight, but. Um, which, I mean, I guess you're going to need more budget for that, considering that we're going to have explosions. Um, that's always nice. But I don't understand how you can be able to throw good money at TV shows that have won Emmys. I mean, House of Cards is, is an awards darling. Um, I love Glow. Yeah, I'll joke about the awesome. side. Glow was amazing. Um, Stranger Things, obviously, is one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nostalgia fact that I like the story as it was. Um, Sensei was brilliant. Um, just it's a shame that it's gone. I'm glad they're giving it that two-hour wrap-up that it deserves. Mm-hmm. But I don't get how they can't see that or have that same kind of foresight for motion pictures. I mean, again, the thing that lives in the house was just boring. I don't know who thought it was okay to write the check for that one. Well, and the start of what when I started watching Netflix was probably about I don't know three four years ago. I got it primarily for horror movies. That's fair. And when I was comparing the horror movies on Netflix to Amazon Prime, the quality on Netflix was so much better because even if they were independent films, they were shot well. They, they there was actually a production value to them. On Amazon Prime, it's you know, hey, if you can get that uploaded, put it on there, it'll come up in the search. And I, there was barely a filter on that one. But I, it seemed like Netflix was able to find the good of the good. And then something happened. And then they started going out to all the movie festivals and whatnot and just buying the heck out of every independent film that they could find. And that seems to be... I mean, it, it's great for the filmmakers. I, I applaud them because they make their money back. And uh, uh, Oh, God, what's the movie that just came out on there? Uh, to the Bone, about anorexia. Which is yes, actually a very good movie. I it was an indie that got picked up by Netflix, and that's great. But they did that with too many too fast, I think, and that's what seems to be causing the problem. I mean, if you send one person to each film festival a year, you're going to be sending so say there's 150 film festivals. You're sending one person to go watch every film at that film festival. They're not going to know what's good and what's not. I mean, my assumption would be is they left the theater after the movie ended, and if there was applause, they bought it. If there weren't, they didn't. That seems to be the only yeah, way that. that they gauge this. Because yeah, because thing that lives in the house wasn't very. I mean, it's a, it's an art house horror film. Yeah, just I mean, that was a genre until that came out. But apparently, it is where you know the ghost is is very um, broody. Um, <laughs> but it needs it needs a hug. Uh, <laughs> Well, see, I guess I guess that's the question. I guess I don't know what Netflix wants to accomplish. I mean, first off, I mean, it gets mad props because I mean, it did destroy the rental business any way you slice it. Yeah. And granted, that wasn't exactly in the healthiest place to begin with. But I mean, when you can just hit a button and not have to drive to Blockbuster, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of hard to beat that. Or have it mailed to you? No, or have it mailed to you for that matter. Yeah, I mean, exactly the whole the, just the convenience aspect of it. They get mad props for that. I just know they want to accomplish. I mean, is that is that what they want to be? Is is powerhouse studio? Do they want to be? the next Paramount Pictures, or do they want to be just Netflix? I mean, that's the whole thing. What's the mission statement, I guess, mm-hmm. is the question of the hour. And I guess that's where it's getting lost is, I mean, that's great that you can go out and buy 
a, a film that's a, a darling for film festivals, and that's why I mean a lot of great films come out of film festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess you know what's what's the point, and that's what I'm confused on now is to buy up that much stuff, and then you know again same Adam Sandler, like what was the end game of this? Just to get the name? That's what it does feel like. It's like oh, we got Adam Sandler movies, come check it out. Yeah. Um, but you know it's that's one of those Jeff Gold moments from Jurassic Park. Did you you could, but did you? Take the time to think if you should, because you know his his returns, yeah, have been diminishing. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jack and Jill, man. <laughs> we just need to do an Adam. What the hell happened to Adam Sandler episode? What the heck? Um, <laughs> because Pixels was awful. Yet yeah. I laughed my ass off at it because it was '80s games. That's okay. I mean, Grown Ups <laughs> is a guilty pleasure of mine, so don't feel bad. Um, we each have that one. It's okay. Um, so, what do you think? What do you think? And Netflix's end game is trying to be. I don't think they have one. I don't think they really have a mission statement of what they want to do because now everybody's getting tied up in the stupid net neutrality thing where, you know... That is a whole mess for another day, yes. I, and they're trying to be behind it, but then they're not trying to be behind it. So I don't have a freaking clue what they want to do as a company because they're not even... I don't think they even know what they want to do. I, they want to bring more originals. I mean, if you're spending $130 million dollars on the production of The Crown, which I'm sure is not getting as many hits as uh, any of the Marvel shows that have popped up on there. I mean, you're trying to get those awards. You're trying to get the notoriety for it. But does that really help you in the end? I mean, what does an Emmy do for a streaming service TV show? Well, I mean... I mean, the only thing it does is get you a subscriber... But right now, even on Comcast cable, you can down you can order the seasons on Comcast. Well, that you know, truthfully speaking, that that starts getting into a greater debate on um, prestige versus you know the reality of the thing because it's it's Netflix is whether they like it, but they want to acknowledge it or not. Now they're part of quote unquote the business, um, and the business has a strange dichotomy, and it always has. You have people that genuinely want to create an award-winning, beautiful piece of work, and, and, and they spend years in the trenches um, trying to get it greenlit by a studio or not getting greenlit by a studio and figuring out how to make it. Um, and then you have folks that just are quite interested, quite frankly interested in making the money. And that I get it. It's a business. I mean, that's always been the great debate in this whole thing anyways, as you know, well, Hollywood's lost its way on this and this. But it's also a business, and it's also a, an incredibly massive business. You know, I mean, as much as we can lament the fact that it's remakes and capes right now in the business, um, it's doing well until people start saying enough and don't mm-hmm. watch those things. They're going to keep making them. Um, and I, I, but the prestige aspect of it does have certain weight to it. Um, but for an actual streaming service, you're not going to make more money off of that if the only people that know about it are already on that service. Because you're only making that $10 a month. You're not going to make extra money from a studio, from commercials, from any of that stuff, because you don't use that on the streaming service. Which brings to the next piece, that that's the problem, is I don't think Netflix, well, this is all brave, I don't, I don't, I don't blame Netflix for this, because this is a new Uncharted territory model. I mean, yeah, the subscription part, you're right, that takes care of a lot of your baseline piece. Mm-hmm. I don't have a subscription to Paramount Pictures. Um, I don't subscribe to Warner Brothers. I don't have to. Um, all I have to do is go to the theater and plunk down my cash. Mm-hmm. You know, That's exactly like this week at Sony Pictures. I don't have a streaming subscription to them. I don't know if they have a streaming service for that matter. But they got my money for The Dark Tower. Um, and what are the various movies that I've purchased over the years from mm-hmm. that particular studio? Um, and yeah, you're right. There's a, there's a built-in market in television. It's it's advertising through and through. It's you know it's <sighs> puppy monkey baby. 
all day long that makes that kind of money and that revenue. Um, I hate that commercial. But now it's stuck in my head again. Uh huh. Well, there you go. Now you suffer with me. It's the first thing that popped into mind because it's a memorable ad. It's awful, but I'll be damned if it isn't memorable. Um, they don't have that. I understand. You're right. There is not a. I mean, I think that's where Hulu actually kind of excels. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, Hulu isn't doing a ton of original, but they're pouring into the right things. I think. And if they are, then clearly I haven't looked at the database deeply enough. But I know there's more. I know there's that one you wanted to watch. Um, with Jeffrey Donovan. Yes, with Jeffrey Donovan. They lose me at the moment, and that's okay. But um, I mean, as soon as you, I, the other day I put on, they, they started streaming um, 1988's The Blob. And as soon as I hit play, there was a 90-second run of commercials, because I don't, you can either pay higher for the non-commercial, mm-hmm. or you can deal with them. Um, right now I'm paying for the non-commercial, or I'm sorry, for the commercial version, and Okay, and to me, it's, it's minor, and if I'm watching a movie, cool, okay, there's a quick ad yeah. for it. It's no different than watching the trailers that I sat through mm-hmm. this weekend of theater. Um, so how would they do that? Do you think they need to go on a Hulu model to start having that kind of revenue, that recognition, to make it a little more legitimized and, and perhaps give them a secondary boost? I honestly think, I mean, myself as a fan, or soon-to-be ex-fan of Netflix, I was pissed when they raised the price without giving us anything extra. So if they go to a Hulu model, will they drop the price back down that extra buck to put it back down at $9 versus $10? Will they keep it at the $10 with commercials now? I mean, there's not a win-win situation for Netflix on this one because they've they've gone pretty stagnant Mm -hmm. with how their uh, subscription rate is going. It's... You know, it's supposed to be a thousand, a couple thousand, a couple hundred thousand. It's only at a hundred thousand right now. I mean, they they really tapered off. I honestly thought there were over three hundred thousand worldwide subscribers. There's not, or three hundred million. There's only a hundred million worldwide subscribers to Netflix. Which, to their credit, though, is a stupidly that, that, large number. Don't get me wrong. That's an awesome number. That's a lot of Netflix. But with how many six hundred million people in this country? Uh, it's a third of the states then if you want to yeah. we're 350-ish I want to say 300 million yeah. in this country yeah and they don't even have a tenth of that that's because everybody's sharing it let's just be honest I mean yeah. people have the password and, I mean, it's, <laughs> it happens I mean that's, that's something that I don't know if Netflix knows quite how to combat yet but I mean mm-hmm. there really is no um, there really is no device screening for Netflix I mean I just bought an Apple TV and all I had to do was sign in like regular yet to go yeah. get a bunch of the other apps activated. I had to go and sign in and have it go through mm-hmm. the channels to know that what was what was being assigned to this unit. So, I mean, that's part of the problem. Is then you start assigning pieces to it. Um, it just seems to be more and more. I mean, as we speak about it, like they're just they bit off more than they could chew, and it's that cautionary tale of success. Just too much, too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Um, because man, I mean, that's exactly. I mean, and, and I mean, that's it's a tough place to be. I mean, they are the big dog, and, and let's be honest. I mean, they. They bring out some big stuff. I mean, everybody, I, everybody was talking about the Stranger Things trailer from Comic-Con. And, and truthfully speaking, it was the best trailer out of anything that Comic-Con cranked out. Um, which is kind of, I mean, that's kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Walking Dead Season 8 trailer, exciting, fun. Um, Thor Ragnarok looks like a hell of a ride. That's going to be a blast of a flick. But if there's one trailer that I've watched multiple times because it just was like, holy crap, it's that one. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic considering that we're talking about what's the quality and the quantity aspect of it. They can clearly do it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, when you have that putting things to shame, that's a good thing. Uh, I, but, yeah, it just seems like they're, I mean, for all the great things that are coming out of it, I think you're right, they're, they're lost 
Babes in the Woods. No two ways about it. And you, and you mentioned other things. What else did you catch? Because I think it, that research has to be spoken to. You talked about what they're spending. So break it down for the audience. What are these guys doing with the cash? Okay, well, um, I found a couple series that Netflix carries, that okay. not, not their originals. Um, for the entire series of Scrubs, they're paying $26 million a year for the rights to Scrubs. For uh, To get the Friends episodes on there, it cost them $128 million. But, wow. But the one that's... here kind of stunned these dollars. The thing that's, that's just mind-blowing to me is for their exclusive rights to The Walking Dead, they pay $1.35 million per episode. Per episode? Per episode. That's all six seasons at the moment. I, I don't know how you can do that and how you can justify spending that money. Um, well, clearly episode. they're justifying it somehow, but I well, mean, wow, yeah, it. that's... But if they're still getting charged for how much bandwidth they use, do you want to waste it all on your Walking Dead, or do you want to try to get a movie in there that you can secure the rights for for probably even that? Well, see, and that's what amazes you more. That, that, first off, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's an insane amount of money. That's eight seasons with an average of 16 episodes minus season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's some serious cash. Not to mention, obviously... Um, Walking Dead tends to hit Blu-ray late August, mm-hmm. right there about that time. So that means there's another 16 and some change, yeah. or 18 and some change, to get Season 7 on there before Season 8 hits in October. Um, and see, that's what I'm actually, I guess what shocks me is I don't, they have the potential to do something very amazing with film. In that, the, the dirty secret that goes with Hollywood that a lot of folks don't talk about or really think about is, the reason they make so much money on these things is because they're technically a write-off. Mm-hmm. So you form an LLC just for that movie, you make the movie, and then you write it off as a tax write-off. Um, and it's a practice. I mean, obviously it's not like it's some, when I say dirty secrets, just that it's not discussed much. Clearly, no one in Washington has an issue with it because Hollywood's been around for basically over 100 years now. Um, right around that number, give or take. But we're talking a century of filmmaking and probably the modern version of it, at least 50, 60 years. The taxes that they make back on, you know, filming in a particular place or whatever else, that obviously offsets the concern. Mm-hmm. But it's how you deal with, you know, things that are a box office bomb that don't make any money. But at the same time, part of the problem with filmmaking and some of the issues that come into play with that are the sheer fact that, you know, yeah, you can make a movie for $20 million these days. You can go out and you can buy the rights to Poltergeist and you can make remake Poltergeist. But you spend another 20 or 30 on marketing because mm-hmm. you, you got to get people to know that, hey, we got an awesome remake of Poltergeist. Um, at least that's the, that's the message that goes out. Um, the problem inherent with that is that's you know, basically at this point, in order to make a profit, period, because they are still going to look at those numbers, not only do you have to make $20 million back, but you got to make the 25 that they spent on marketing, if we average out a little bit, plus a healthy profit to go back to the studio and everybody that was involved in the project that has any kind of profit sharing in the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of what I always had hoped to see out of Netflix is that you essentially eliminate all that garbage because you've got a guaranteed audience in the 100 million worldwide subscribers, so your costs should technically come down. Um, and they, I guess in a way they did because, truthfully speaking, if Sandler got a $20 million deal, that's $5 million a movie, mm-hmm. um, which is, from Pretty a cost cheap. standpoint, that's fantastic. Um, to be able to make something for that cheap these days, and it might have cost a little more. I'm sure they threw a little more cash at it. They'd have to for a couple of things here and there, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But yeah, I mean that's a, a grand tight schedule. But I mean, he does know the business. I'm sure he knows how to shoot in 30 days or less. Um, but what amazes me is how do you not 
start bringing in better because this is that this is that opportunity. You want to talk about you know there's a lot of stories that aren't being told out there, and there are some that Hollywood won't touch with a ten foot pole. And a great example of one of those is um, behind the candelabra, which was which was about Liberace and one of his relationships. Um, and he obviously worked very hard to keep secret because he wanted no one to know that he was gay. Mm-hmm. It is it it's a film that, as I'm to understand the story, no one in the make in the big studios wanted to make. Even though the names attached to it were Michael Douglas, Matt Damon, and Steven Soderbergh. And even Dan Aykroyd, for that matter. So, I mean, really, do you need more than that? That's some star power right there. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to touch it. HBO did it on their own pay-for-cable line, which is interesting considering that, you know, HBO you know, and cable have lost subscribers. Um, granted, HBO's getting into the game with HBO Go, and that's very smart of them. Um, but great example of, you know, guaranteed audience, able to market correctly, able to get awards out of it, because as I recall, it was nominated for a few things here and there. Mm-hmm. But great example of being able to take something that nobody, in essence, wanted in the quote-unquote mainstream and producing just mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful film. It's a tragic love story. It's a great friggin' movie. Um, Douglas Douglas is at his best, so is Matt Damon. Um, why are we not seeing more of that on Netflix, do you think? <clears throat> Well, to the point that we kind of made earlier, I don't think they really have a direction that they want to go yet, or that they think they can go. I mean, they, they've just shelled out, uh, what was it, $200 million for a Will Smith movie. That'll be coming out yes. in October. Yes, I did see that trailer. I mean, so they're going to try, but I, it, it doesn't look like they're trying to go after something artsy, because if you're going after something artsy, you would never have Adam Sandler involved in it. Not anymore, because those, those days of Punch Drunk Love or Gone wayside. That they have. Um, I mean, really, the way Netflix got started with their original programming is with all the comedian specials that they did. I mean, if you go on to just search Netflix originals, you're going to find over 150 comedies, which is just a a regular comedy show. I mean, shoot, they showed out $60 million to Dave Chappelle to do the two episodes that just came out. I mean, they are very... Comedy centric, but that's about it. That's really the only consistent that they have on the network, which is kind of sad because now that they've bought up all these indie projects and they've got countless new series coming out every year, <clears throat> I don't know why they would even want to chance that with trying to go into the movie business. But I mean, they're just throwing money at it as much as they can, as quickly as they can, to try to get something new. But it's going to be something popcorn-esque. It's not going to be something arts. Well, and I guess it, maybe maybe in a roundabout sort of way, Netflix is bringing up a problem that has always been there for filmmaking as it is. Um, because we talk about the disasters that happen in Hollywood. Um, you know, great example is Pixels. You know, I was supposed mm-hmm. to have done better. It didn't. It was, in essence, a bomb. Um, and those are the kinds of things that cost people jobs, but it's very public and it's very, it, it just feels almost like Netflix is on a different standard where nobody seems to know what to think about them. Um, it's like, oh, okay, well they did that. That's cool, I guess. And you just kind of move on and move with it as opposed to, oh, that movie flopped. Well, that's so-and-so's career. That's in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether or not they give new life to careers or not, that's great. But I mean, the bottom line is it seems like we're talking about stuff to a certain degree that happens all the time. Um, you know, Fox sometimes will spend too much money on a show, period, and yeah, they put it in the tank and they go. But we don't think twice about it. Um, so maybe in a roundabout story, Netflix is just exposing the business 
for how it goes and how much uncertainty and silliness goes into some of this stuff as it is. Because truly speaking, there is a level of silliness to it. I mean, the fact that, you know, you, it's not like Will Smith is the first person to have hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on an absolute bomb. Um, I mean, you look at, like, uh, these $200 million movies, I mean, and even then, like, that doesn't even warrant success. I mean, you know, Superman Returns, you know, ended up being a $200 million movie because of all the pay-for-play contracts that came mm-hmm. into play before it ever got there. Um, and it's, you know, it's a mixed bag when it comes to the fans portion of it, but it made 400 change in America. So, I mean, it, it did what it's supposed to do when we talk about those figures and those strange accounting pieces that Hollywood goes with, but it's regarded as a failure. Um, so I guess that's the question is, someone at some point, and maybe Netflix can lead the charge on this since they led the charge on a whole new era of streaming as it is, of making home entertainment a thing. I mean, I got to admit, it is kind of cool that when Stranger Things comes out, um, I don't have to wait a week to see it. Mm-hmm. I personally probably will to wait, or chunk out my viewing because I don't like binging myself, but another topic for another day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is something that needs to be said about the fact, whether it's good or bad at this point, that a Will Smith movie is going to premiere on a certain date. I can sit here in my home theater and enjoy that. Um, maybe it's time that they change some of those models. Maybe it's time they figure out how to make certain successes out of this that are different and new and not silly the way that Hollywood does it. We just, like you said, throw a bunch of money at it, hope to hell it sticks. Yeah. Um, I just wish they'd be a little more transparent on some of these <clears throat> pieces. I'd like to know. And, and, and here's the thing. If this is the future, which it very well may be, I mean, I don't know how long it'll take before television fails. I don't know how long it'll take before we get to a point where, you know, this is this is the norm. Where, you know, where all the CBS lineup comes just on their app and nothing else. Um, but they need to get some kind of a rating system or some kind of viewing system that the public can understand. Because, you know, I, I pay for Netflix. You pay for Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think to a certain extent I would like to know where money is kind of going. If it's worth, if it's worth that spending. Um, well, that's, I, I complained about that after they gave Sandler the deal. Yeah, you did. I mean, I didn't want to pay that extra buck to give Adam Sandler $20 million, but I still did. I still watched his movies, unfortunately, and I put my reviews up, and they weren't as kind as they should have been, but it, it's the way it is. Yeah, it is kind of the way it is. So, But I don't know. I, think, I don't know if they can actually collapse. I think someone else would. I think... They definitely could lose a boatload of cash. I think you could see... I guess the worst case scenario in my mind for Netflix would be the money continues to get spent. The money begins to dry up. The subscription prices go up. Mm-hmm. Subscriptions go down. But when you have that much work out there, I don't think... Because you got to consider, too, now this is, I guess, again, part of that Brave New Frontier. If indeed there was a failure um, and Netflix had to go bye-bye or in just bankruptcy-style mode, what do you do with those databases? That's the, you know... Well, they'll get sold off. Somewhere. That's my exact my point, yeah. Someone's going to buy it. You know, Paramount will buy it. Mm-hmm. Sony will buy it. Somebody will buy it up and revive it in their own special way, so... Well, and it probably wouldn't even be a production house. It would probably be one of the other streaming services. I could see that, too. Amazon Amazon's probably has the cash. Amazon would... Amazon's got the cash right now to buy them. I mean, I don't know why they yeah, don't. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. It's <clears> as much as much push as Amazon puts on its regular daily business stuff. I'm yeah. kind of shocked on that, too, actually. Well, and there's so many new video streaming... Coming out, I mean, uh, there's just the free one, Crackle, where you yep. stream with that commercials. One. That one's absolutely fine. Uh, there's like a Rackle or something else like that. I get a new one that shows up on my PlayStation every week when I'm looking at downloads. All right, so, I mean, there's plenty of streaming services out there. That could, yeah, there are. In the, it, it, we, try, we give each other a try as well. That's yeah. another one for horror and whatnot. And and say, if Netflix I, goes more, I, don't, I don't think it'll hurt the... I don't think it will hurt 
the streaming service as a whole. I think that part will stay the same, just you're going to see less originals and more classics. Or to, it, it just kind of depends on what the station wants to be known for. To your point, Shudder. Shudder is 100% whore. There's another one called Scarebox, 100% whore. I mean, that's those, those are the ones that I need to start checking into because Netflix isn't giving me my whore. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. And uh, Shutter, um, it, it had a struggle. That last time I did a run with it for a trial, it was it was better in stability. But I mean, that's exactly what you got to be able to. That's one of the things that makes Netflix so great is there is never a why aren't you playing on my computer issue? Why aren't you playing properly issue? They mm-hmm. their infrastructure is sound. I got to give them that. They they stream right. They stream well. Um, and there's no concerns about you know is it going to work unless your internet's down. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So I guess then to wrap it up, then uh, that's pretty much it. Netflix probably just needs to. Find a direction and head to it and figure out what they want to do. They want to make everybody happy again. They want to make Scotty happy for sure. Yeah. Give me some horror movies. There you have it. Horror <laughs> movies. So on that note, uh, we're going <clears> to <throat> say goodbye for the time being, but it's going to be back on the air. We'll try to start recording more for you guys. We've got a lot of podcasts coming up and some new shows coming up too, so stay tuned from here. Until then, 